Welcome back to another episode of Frat Chat. I'm Sarah Martinez. And I'm Ishak Uslan. We are here with Liana Arnabit and Leonard Marufo, brothers from our chapter, Delta Epsilon. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Liana is a senior majoring in business analytics and minoring in computer science who has a few achievements under her belt. She has worked as a business analyst intern for TD Ameritrade Institutional as a freshman, while also able to earn another internship as a management consulting intern for PwC. Leonard is a senior majoring in finance and economics while also minoring in accounting. He has recently grown into a business, a business savvy individual. Currently, he is a college financial representative for Northwestern Mutual. Um, so I want to just go ahead and start asking you guys a little bit about yourselves, like basically like a story. So um, Leo, if you want to go ahead and start, just talk about your collegiate career um, and your experience with DSP. Um, yeah, so for my freshman year, I was actually at Houston Baptist University, but I kind of felt like the school lacked the sufficient resources for me to really pursue my aspiring career path. So I decided to switch to community college for a year and a half before ultimately transferring to UNT in 2018, where I decided to declare myself as a finance major. Um, I pledged with DSP my spring semester 2019, and it's been a great experience so far. I've really grown attached to a lot of people within the organization and just um, really learned so many valuable skills that have helped me so far in my professional career. Hi everyone, my name is Liana, and like Sarah said, I am majoring in business analytics and I'm minoring in computer science. I was really excited to go to UNT coming straight from high school. I fell in love with the campus and the people, and it just seemed like a really fun place for me to pursue my college career. I originally was pursuing a nursing degree from UT Arlington, um, but before I even started my first semester, I decided to switch my interest over to UNT and going into business and computer science was kind of a shot in the dark. Um, I really wasn't thinking I was going to end up where I am right now, but I'm really happy I took that risk and decided to get into something that I didn't think I'd be good at or something that I was just interested in in general. Um, I pledged for DSP my first semester, so that was fall 2018, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I love my big love my grand big, and it just felt like a really great place to be in. I was able to join other organizations um, as I talked to other brothers in the chapter and like got to learn what they were interested in. And I would pop in their organization meetings and that helped me feel really involved on campus. And since then I have stepped into a couple leadership positions with the fraternity and I'm actually finishing out this semester as a vice president of professional activities. And I'm happy to um, be handing off that torch to the next person. And yeah, a little bit about me. And I just have to say, Liana, you've done amazing this semester with all of the events. It's, I think there was like, how many events did you have total? You um, uh, I, I think I had seven in total. That, and they were all like really amazing companies. So yeah, like <laughs> I know in the past, I, sorry, <laughs> I know in the past that, um, the events for VPPA haven't been that great. It's like the same companies over and over again for you to bring new companies and, you know, pique our interest was really fascinating. Really thankful for that as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Leo, I can kind of relate or I can 
closely relate to your story of like going to a different college like firsthand and then not like you know like experiencing like this is not for me this place isn't really for me and then going back to community college I was in the same boat um, and then I ended up at UNT I feel like a lot of people do that honestly with UNT I talked to a lot of like other students and they were like yeah this is kind of like I just ended up here ended up transferring here so yeah I think I transferred the same semester yeah. you did Leo 2018 fall from Colin good great times but uh yeah it's definitely I guess that that, that route's easier too because it's you're able to transfer easily and like mm-hmm. But it's hard to be a transfer student going into university because there's no friendships made and it's harder to like transition into it. But that's where DSP comes into play and it really helps you develop as a person. I feel like a lot of students in DSP are transfer students too. So for sure, definitely. So starting with Liana, how many internships did you apply to? How many rejected you and did that keep you from applying for more? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, Actually, last night I went in through all my old emails and trying to ballpark a number. Um, So I haven't applied to an internship since my first year of college. And I was as I was going through those old applications and emails last night, I counted about like 40 internship applications. And to be completely honest, I was rejected by about 35 of them. (laughs) Um, That was a pretty rough um, first year for sure but it didn't keep me from applying. Um, To be honest, I grew a little bit used to the rejection. I know that might sound a little sad, but um, that honestly encouraged me to keep applying anywhere and everywhere I could. And I just took each application process as a learning experience. So you said you um, only applied like freshman year, right? Mm -hmm. So um, as a freshman and as a sophomore, I know a lot of, people that I know, like they really struggle with finding those internships or getting them because they're like, you know, they're really young. And I think a lot of companies really look for like juniors or, you know, seniors, people that are about to graduate. So um, can you tell us about like your process and how, like, did you go to um, job fairs, career fairs? Like how, how was that? Yeah, for sure. So Something that really helped me was that when I came to college, I had 43 college credits under my belt. So I was already a sophomore Um, and that helped a little bit. So I wasn't presenting myself necessarily as a freshman at these job fairs. Um, I remember I was, I'm very close to my family and I confide in them a lot about um, college or career advice. And my parents gave me this piece of advice where it was just to put myself out there, regardless if I was scared or not. And Um, The first few networking events I went to were kind of just like tabling sessions, either in the BLB, our business leadership building, or the College of Engineering building. And um, I was really nervous to start talking to them because I didn't have any experience. Um, I didn't have a lot of projects to talk about. But what really interested them about me was the fact that I was interested enough to go up to them regardless of my lack of experience. Um, Something that really helped me, like just being early on, was just me expanding upon the projects that I had been working on outside of my classes. So as a computer science student, um, with any engineering degree, actually, it's really difficult for you to apply for internships until after your second year, um, just because you have to hit the foundational courses first. Um, So I would work on independent projects outside of class um, just to 
test my coding skills a little bit more. And that's information I was able to share with different recruiters. And um, I did a lot of LinkedIn learning courses or I looked into other organizations or online courses I could take to help, um, I guess, build me up in a technical sense. And a lot of recruiters seem to like that. Um, so I think regardless if you're a freshman or sophomore, I think it's so important to put yourself out there. And um, again, this might sound weird, but like get used to the rejection because then it won't hinder you later on in your college career. Wow, well, Leanna, a- all I can say is that I'm used to rejection, so I think that'll be easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Leo, I know that you, at one point, you had an Excel sheet where you wrote down all the internships that you applied to. Is that true? Or am I thinking about someone else? No, yeah, that was definitely me. Um, I've been ruthlessly applying to internships since the past fall semester, but I really didn't get organized until um, until this past spring. So on my uh, on my Excel spreadsheet, I have about I think fifty internships that I applied for, and only a handful of them has ever reached out for an interview. But if we're really counting the um, the internships that I applied for in the fall, I think overall I've applied to probably like over a hundred internships. Now, what is the best time to apply for an internship? I know like for me, when I, last year, I applied beginning of spring. That's when I started doing my uh, applications. But this year I went ahead and started in like September and I've gotten more uh, callbacks or more save the date type things. Is it better to apply in the, fall for summer internships or is it better to apply in the spring for summer internships what do you guys think yeah so I think it's definitely better to apply in the fall because that's whenever most firms are um, recruiting for their summer internships Um, I know a few places recruit through the spring for uh, the summer of that year but um, it's usually a little bit more competitive the candidate pool so if you want to have a better shot at actually getting a summer internship, I would definitely recommend applying in the fall. And just to add on to that too, um, I think it really depends on what industry or like field of interest you're going for. I think there's always like a different recruiting um, cycle. And uh, when I used to be interested in banking internships or stuff like that, um, I noticed that they would open up like in the summer, like a year before the internship. And so like this past June or July, I was passing um, application, like internship application information to the chapter. And then um, just going back to my point about how I've only really applied uh, for internships, like my first year of college was because um, my second internship that I just did this summer, they recruited over like a year ago. And wow. so I think it's um, important just to, I guess, like on Google or whatever you might be using to help you find jobs to have like those alerts just on like using keywords of things you're interested in. But um, I agree with Leo, like the earlier you apply, the better. Definitely, definitely. So um, when it comes to creating your resume, uh, what is your opinion on the proper way to structure it? Yeah, so personally, I really like the the resume template that the UNT College of Business provided for us. I think it's very clean, it's very concise, and it's just, you know, easy to read. Um, so in case anybody, in case for, for y'all who aren't familiar with the UNT resume template, 
um, it's split into three sections. So you have your background, which is your professional profile, your core competencies and technical skills. And then for me, I added the certifications and licenses that I have. And then the second section is education, you know, your school, your degree, maybe relevant coursework and extracurriculars that you're a part of. And then the third section would be your professional experience. So internships or even, you know, jobs that you worked for like Target or, you know, Walmart, anything like that. Um, but yeah, it really just comes down to the field that you're entering because correct me if I'm wrong, but I know a lot of, um, a lot of different fields and industries have their own um, preferences when it comes to how their resumes are structured. So yeah. it comes down to that and just, you know, just making sure that your information is, you know, clearly stated on your resume. So Leo, with the College of Business uh, resume, I know we discussed this before we recorded, but um, is there anything that you do to make you stand out from the typical College of Business student? Because there's thousands of us. What do you do to make your resume better or pop? If you yeah, so um, it's it really just comes down to, you know, the um, whatever organizations that you've been a part of. And just whenever you're describing your different work experiences, the words that you put in those descriptions, you know, you want to really use action words like assisted or developed or maintained or efficiently served, things like that to really kind of emphasize um, the importance of those responsibilities. And really, yeah, it just comes down to um, just making sure that your resume is, you know, looking good, looking clean. I can offer a little bit of a differing opinion. Uh, I personally don't, I've never used the College of Business, um, the UNC College of Business template. Um, I think it really depends on the amount of experience you have. And like Leo said, I think it also goes down to what role you're applying for. Um, with the roles I've been going for, they're definitely more on the software engineering, data analyst, business analyst, product management type of roles. And um, a lot of things that are required, I guess, by the business template um, offered at our school don't always showcase, um, I guess, my skills and like my value add I can give to a company. So I've always changed it up a little bit. Um, in my opinion, if you don't have a lot of internship or work experience like relevant to the role you're applying for, then I suggest like showcasing on school or personal projects you've been working on to just show that you have the skills or traits needed to work in that position. Um, your project ex experience can be included for like all different kinds of roles anyway. So if you don't have much experience with projects, then you can also include different professional events you've participated in. So for example, like an organization summit hosted for the purpose of like developing your networking skills or a hackathon you competed in with some um, fellow teammates. So I think it's also important um, to like, yes, you can use the template to help guide you, but it's definitely not the only way you have to go. I have never had a professional profile on any of my resumes because I found that the companies I've interviewed with or the recruiters who look at my resume they honestly don't care about my professional profile. They're looking directly at my technical skills. But again, it's just like dependent on what you're going for. Yeah, and, actually, and just to kind of comment on that too, um, you're absolutely right. Usually, I think what I've heard is the professional profile or the objective part of the resume is definitely outdated. And it's, you know, kind of really doesn't make any sense to be there. But kind of like what you said, if you, and this is 
kind of speaking for me, I definitely lack a lot of the a lot of the experience that I would need to kind of beef up my resume. So I like having it there because it gives another talking point to the interviewers, which in my experience, I've had interviews actually bring up things in my professional profile. But I definitely agree with that. I think if you have a lot more experience on your resume, you might want to go for another template that puts emphasis on the projects that you work for. Yeah, and honestly, I wish like um, the College of Business uh, kind of taught us about the different types like that each industry is looking for, because I definitely agree with you, Liana, like being a business analytics uh, major, like companies want to see like, okay, what are you, what's your skill sets in these technical areas? Like, you know, um, I don't even know like the correct um, like language for this, but you know, like what type of coding do you have? you know, do you know, compared to like, you know, an accounting major or a marketing major, you know, so I definitely wish that they kind of focus that more whenever you're, they, you know, when we're in B, BUSI and they make us do all these resume checks and stuff like that. I wish they like definitely tailored to what you're learning and what you want to like actually go into. Now, I wanted to ask, um, at one point when you were applying for your internships, did you realize your resume wasn't good or were you like, I need to switch things up? Was that ever something that happened to you or was your resume always golden and then you didn't feel like you needed to change it or add additions to it to make it better or work for you? I can, oh, Leah, do you wanna go first? No, I mean, you can go for it if you want, <laughs> sorry. Okay, no, no, you're good. Um, I, don't think my resume has ever been golden. I don't think it's golden now. <laughs> I think there's always areas of improvement. Um, I guess if you're asking about like the moment, um, I was going for a software engineering role and I like going to my point earlier, I didn't have a lot of like outside coding project experience and something that they had mentioned to me was to include like a GitHub link or some type of portfolio link that I could have to showcase the projects I've worked on. And that always made me a little bit nervous because I was like, oh no, they're going to see everything I've worked on. They're going to be like, oh, you could have written this line of code better, or you could have done this more efficiently. And um, really just standing there and taking their um, feedback was a little tough to hear, but it also helped me grow. And that was similar for when I went to business career fairs, I really appreciate when recruiters um, give feedback on my resume. And I remember um, during my first semester, it was like with Texas Instruments, they actually like stood there at the career fair and gave me advice. And they were like jotting notes down for me. And I really appreciated that, especially coming from like a first year and me not knowing what I was doing. And just to ask one other thing, is it always is it appropriate to ask interviewers about your resume after the interview is over? Is that like is it like a hit or miss type of question? Like, should you ask it if you don't really want that position, or do you want to ask like, is it appropriate to ask in general? I think it's definitely an appropriate question to ask. Um, I haven't found myself doing that a whole lot because, to be honest, they'll just give it to me sometimes at the end of the interview. Um, but I think that's a really great question to ask, and it's a really great way for you to be vulnerable and to take their feedback and grow from it, grow from it. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, 
I think anyone who thinks their resume is golden is stagnant when it comes to growth. I think you always need to constantly be trying to improve yourself, both by, you know, accumulating those skills that will better you in the professional field that you're pursuing, as well as just kind of making sure that there's always something that you can touch up on your resume. I know from personal experience, my, my resume was garbage. Whenever I first made my resume and started applying to internships, it was awful. But at the time, I didn't know that because I didn't really have anything to, anything to compare it to, and which is why I'm so grateful with DSP because being surrounded by so many people who have more knowledge on the subject really kind of started to show me that, hey, you know, I probably should fix up my resume and maybe like, you know, structure it differently and just reword some of my uh, job descriptions. But yeah, no, there's, you, you shouldn't ever think that your resume is golden. I think it's, it really kind of stunts your growth and you need to constantly be looking for different ways to continue growing. And what is your opinion, Leo, about asking the interviewer about their feedback after the interview? Are you a fan of that or do you think it's inappropriate? I, I'm always a bit skeptical approaching a question like that, just because I feel like depending on how you word it and how you're able to really portray confidence, it could either, you can either get some very constructive criticism from the interviewer and the interviewer will definitely appreciate you trying to improve yourself, or it could just kind of make, or you can make yourself seem a bit insecure and then interviewers will see that and think, well, I'm not really the person you should be asking about your resume. You know, I'm, I'm here to see if you're a good fit for our company for the job. So personally, I try, avoid, I try to avoid questions like that. Um, I would ask interviewers if, you know, for a student in my position and you once being a student in my position, do you have any recommendations on how I can better myself or better prepare myself for a role in this industry. And my interviewers love that question because then they think about their college experience and they, they have really good answers and they'll tell me, oh, you should look at joining these certain organizations or they'll tell me, oh, well, back when I was in college, I did this, this and that. So I think questions like that is okay, but I think just straight up asking the interviewer, hey, how's my resume look? I think that could kind of, they could take that the wrong way. All right, that's good to know. Just because like, I think I was talking to you last week because I had an interview uh, with the company and I was like super nervous. So I was like, Leo, should I tell them that I'm nervous before the interview? And you're like, no, it's a bad idea. Don't do that. You don't want to like make them think you're insecure or anything like that. So that's that's good to know. I guess it just depends on like what company and like how you feel about yourself. But um, coming back to the, the questions, um, what are three things that you shouldn't list on a resume because like I've seen some some ones on LinkedIn where people put like like their black belt status something like that is that like what are some things that you believe should be on your resume oh my gosh yeah well definitely don't put your black belt status (laughs) that's uh that's a no-go um yeah so three things that I've always been told not to put in your resume high school achievements um as a college student in and as a college student who's trying to get you know, a big boy job, they don't care about your high school achievements, you know, they don't care if you were president of student council, they don't care about any of that. Um, it's really about what you've done over your college career and how you've really kind of used that time to cultivate yourself as a professional. That's what they really want to know. Um, 
overly unnecessary details about your personal life, hobbies, or even your work experience. Um, I've never seen anybody do this on the resume, but I've, I've heard that, like you said, putting your black belt status or, you know, just going into, into full detail about, you know, how you love hang gliding, things like that. Like if it's not relevant to, or if there's not any way you can make it relevant to the job that you're applying for, then I really don't think you should be putting it on your resume. And then when I say overly necessary, unnecessary details about work experience, what I mean by that is you wanna, you wanna keep the job description brief, but very, very concise. You want them to know your achievements while you were working at that, um, at that firm. You wanna let them know what your responsibilities were, but you don't wanna go into full detail because they're gonna ask you about that or there's gonna be a question that will directly refer to that work experience. And that's whenever you could really expand on it. It just gives you more to talk about. And um, yeah, also one more thing, photographs. Um, I know it's different for every field. I know a couple of marketing majors were telling me that they put their picture on their resume, but I don't know, I guess as a finance major, I find that kind of weird. I haven't heard of putting your picture on the resume. I don't think that's a good idea. They're going to see you anyways. Like, <laughs> But uh, Liana, what do you think? What are some things that... Yeah, sure. Yeah, I also think that's a little weird. Um, I haven't met anyone who puts a picture on their resume. <laughs> um, I personally would not do that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a few things. Um, the first one would probably be don't lie about anything. Like, there's a difference between enhancing what you're capable of and completely lying to your recruiter or your interviewer of like what you're actually capable of doing. Um, and I was actually talking to Amar about this the other day and she's an HR student. So she like takes classes all about resumes and um, interviewing tips and recruitment in general. And she was even telling me that when these resumes go through, they keep your name on file and they hold a record of like what you've said about yourself. And that's kind of a scary thought because say you go like further into the interviewing process and they're like referring back to something you said initially or it was written on your resume. And then you're like, oh, just kidding. I don't really do that. Or I, I kind of like fudge the truth a little bit. So like maybe don't do that. Um, another thing would probably be um, if your GPA is less than ideal, then I personally wouldn't include it. Uh, my first semester, my GPA wasn't the best. Um, I was still trying to learn the ropes with computer science. So I kind of just included my major GPA. So for business analytics, and then of course, if they ask me in the interview about it, then it's got to be completely transparent. Um, but sometimes it just helps when your resume is going through the system and they're looking for certain keywords or certain numbers for GPA, um, just to help give you a better opportunity, I guess, for your name to go through. And I'd say um, my last tip is very similar to what Leo, uh, sorry, Leonard <laughs> just left off on, which was to leave things up for mystery. Um, it's definitely great to include a good amount of information on your resume so you can hit those keywords, um, but make sure to keep something to yourself um, so you have more to expand upon whenever your interviewer, yeah, your interviewer asks you about a certain project or a role. Well, thanks for that, Liana. That's definitely great information. Um, so I guess uh, continuing with like the in 
interviewing process. When it comes down to preparing for an inter interview, how should students prepare? Um, do you guys have anything that y'all specifically do or use? I know a lot of us, um, we've talked about this previously on the podcast, use a big interview through UNT. That's a really cool resource. Um, so yeah, yeah how do you like, guys prepare? Yeah, do you guys like practice in the mirror? With your, with the, like write a script or something? Or do you guys like go like a dry run, just go for it, full send? Yeah, so I'm definitely the type to over-prepare for my interviews. Um, um, Izzy, you, you, and, you know this better than anyone. Whenever I prepare for an interview, I'm either spending hours or even days really just kind of, um, just really trying to perfect like my answers and just really trying to understand um, how to answer the technical questions as best as I possibly can. Um, when it comes to resources, I've, I've really never used Big Interview, but I think because we, because everything is so, um, everything is online, there's so many great other, there's so many great resources that you could use to really figure out questions that could possibly be asked in your interview for that specific role. Like Glassdoor, I use Glassdoor religiously, and it's been such a, it's been so helpful so far. Um, and just kind of touching on technical questions, I, I can't really speak for any other field, but I know in the field of finance, there really is a lot of technical questions that you'll get asked when it comes to pursuing a role. Um, and yeah, it, it really just, it's really about understanding the job position and just knowing what that job really entails. Like, I've been really into corporate banking summer internships recently. And so a lot that's, and that kind of deals with a lot of the credit side of, uh, you know, just uh, finance structure and just all that. So really what I have to learn is, you know, understanding what a DCF is, you know, understanding how the financial statements flow into each other, you know, maybe picking one specific account on the balance sheet and just kind of following that all through the entire financial statements, things like that, you really need to understand. And um, yeah, just kind of studying the company, knowing its culture, knowing its mission statement, its values, and just really being up to date on industry knowledge. I feel like if you really kind of prepare all of that, then you'll go in feeling confident. Yeah, I think it's super important to give yourself a good amount of time. Um, like Leo said, like a few days, a few hours, it, it looks different um, for everybody. And um, aside from doing like research on the company or department overall, or like even your, the role that you're applying for, um, I think one of the biggest things that has helped me with interviews is actually doing research on my interviewer. Um, so learning more about their background so that you have a better feel for how they may interact with you with the, like during the interview. Um, so for example, I, I had two interviewers um, interview me for a technical role. And they both came from an engineering background, but one of them had more of a people-oriented role at every company he had worked for in the past. So just from reading up on this, uh, I knew he would be a lot more relaxed in the interview and he'd probably lead the behavioral portion of the interview. And the other person had more technical roles at every company he worked for. And I knew he would be asking me more about technical skills, which ironically proved true during the interview. <laughs> Um, it's not a perfect science, but it helps me a lot to calm down my nerves and just to get a better feel for who I'd be interacting with. And 
researching these people, like it's not, it's not you changing yourself for them to like for you to fit a specific mold they're looking for. But I think it helps to do this so you have a better way to like a better understanding of how to communicate to them. Um, and then also another thing that people tend to look over is just even the small things like the logistics of the interview. Granted, COVID has changed the whole in-person interview thing a little bit more. But if we were to go back to interviewing like in person again, I would say like, you know, be mindful about like what's traffic like getting to the office or um, are there security measures that I need to go through? Like those little things because you're already anxious the day of. And so it's nice to prepare ahead of time just so that you don't have anything else that might spike your anxiety a little bit more. That makes a lot of sense. Cause like when I have an interview, uh, when I was in person, I used to show up like 25 minutes early just to like make sure I wasn't, I was prepared and I knew like the parking situation, all those things really do come into consideration. But since everything's online now, I make sure to show up about 10 minutes before the interview starts just so I don't miss it or if my internet goes down or if I need to download software properly, then I have enough time to do it. Um, but another question that I wanted to ask is, um, well, this is more personal because when I was doing my own personal interview last week, with Le- I had Leo help me out and we we're trying to like develop a script basically about what I should say when the interviewer asks about myself. And so Leo was like, you should you know, talk about your background, talk about like where you were born, like where you grew up, just like make sure to mention specific places in case the interviewer has an um, attachment to that place. Do you guys agree that you should establish a connection with your interviewer in order to pique your interest during an interview? Or should you just be yourself and not try to pinpoint connections? Yeah, so I'm, I'm 50-50 with this question. Uh, I think it's a wonderful like thing if you can establish a connection with your interviewer, but I don't think that's always possible. Uh, I personally, I, I think I'm generally an easy person to converse with, but sometimes the interviewer can be very short or not reciprocate the same energy as I may be bringing. Um, I think you have to be yourself at the end of the day. And I think that'll bring you much farther than digging for something that you may have in common or seeking something that would extremely pique their interest in you. Um, in, in my eyes, at the end of the day, you're there to be interviewed for the role. Um, you're not trying to be best friends with your interviewer, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity if you can connect with them. Uh, something that I have always found to be like, it would make me comfortable walking away from the interview if I was able to make my interviewer laugh. Um, I remember while I was being interviewed for an internship, I phrased one of my past retail jobs in a way that I guess like suited their interest. Um, basically, oh, I'm really gonna put myself out here. Uh, I was a party hostess at Chuck E. Cheese's in the, like in high school. And this was one of my first interviews. So like my resume was in its very early stages, but I wanted it to sound a little bit more professional. So I wrote it, I wrote down the name of the company to be their holdings company. So it sounded a lot more professional, a lot more clean than just Chuck E. Cheese's. And, one of my interviewers, he has like young kids and he picked up on it pretty quickly and he just started laughing about it and he decided to give it a wild guess and lo and behold, he knew exactly what I was talking about. And that little interaction we had, like it fascinated him with like the small bit of creativity I had with that name. And it's something that we continue to reflect back and forth on during my time at the company. 
So I think little things like that, um, I don't think they can be forced. I think that's a very big read the situation and see how it goes. But yeah, that's my take on it. I love that. That's, that's actually awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of clarify what the advice that I gave you, Izzy, um, it's really just about finding the similarities between you and your interviewer. And it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it digging. Um, that kind of makes it seem kind of, you know, sleazy or <laughs> weird. But um, I, I would say it's about just building that rapport because, and this is uh, more of a personal thing for me. Whenever I love the question, tell me about yourself, because that gives me a chance to really, it, to really set up how the interview is going to go from the very, very beginning. Um, you, you tell them about yourself. I usually start off, oh, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, and I graduated from St. Pius 10th High School. And um, I've had experiences since most of the um, banking internships I've been applying for has been in Houston. A lot of people that are in Houston have also been, you know, born and raised there too. So I'd mentioned Houston, Texas, or I'd mentioned, you know, St. Pius 10th. And I've had interviewers say, oh, wow, that's cool. My sister went there or, you know, oh, I went there. Or it's just, it's that commonality that really kind of de-escalates the, the amount of stress that's going on during the interview. Because you're not, keep in mind that you're not the only one who's really nervous interviewing. I've heard a lot of times the interviewers are also nervous conducting the interviews because you're talking to a whole new person. And so I think um, just kind of really finding that common ground and really just kind of you know, leveling with them and just showing them like, hey, we both came from like the same place, really just kind of, you know, it helps you and the interviewer bond. And I love what Liana said about making your interviewer laugh, because I totally agree. And that kind of goes again into building that rapport. Similar to what Liana was saying, whenever I get the question, so tell us about a time that you failed. My go-to story is um, whenever I was working at Cracker Barrel, I basically screwed up making the lemonade. And it was a whole thing. And I tell them, you know, there's like a whole ratio of like lemonade to water. And it's, I, it's there's too much detail to go into right now. But um, the interviewers love that, you know, and they, they always laugh when I tell them that story. And um, yeah, it's I, I just really enjoy establishing that connection because it just really makes the entire interview a lot more stress free. And yeah, I definitely agree. Like, don't. Um try to force like that connection but just with while being yourself if something does come up and the interview is like oh yeah my sister went there or you know I've heard of that place then definitely then that's like an opportunity to connect through there um, but yeah awesome stories I'm sure you do you plug Crackle Barrel in your interviews a lot absolutely <laughs> we love it um, so, um, have you guys picked up on any skills or tricks while interviewing for multiple companies? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things that you could do to just um, really go in making yourself feel confident. Like, I, I believe I told Izzy this, but I'm one of the things that I find that helps me in my interviews is wearing red. And I know that can be a bit controversial because wearing red can show symbolize dominance or show cockiness. But I think depending on how you play it off can really just kind of, you know, it won't be 
taking us cockiness, but more it'll show that you're confident in yourself. And again, this also ties into, you know, being genuine with your answers and really building that authentic rapport with your interviewers. But um, yeah, just some psychological tricks would be smiling and eye contact. That's something that I feel like they really do appreciate. I feel like if you're, you know, kind of going into the interview really awkward and just kind of looking at your feet and, you know, twiddling your thumbs a little bit, that kind of makes everybody in the room a little bit uncomfortable. So just kind of going in there and just being confident, you know, display really good body language, sit up, you know, you know, puff your chest up, just talk, enunciate your words and just really show them that you're confident. And I feel like that really goes a long way. You know, I didn't really think about the psychological aspect behind it. Like I remember when I went to the Toyota uh, seminar last Thursday, uh, one of the speakers, Sam, was talking about like, if an interviewer were to ask you what your what animal you reflect to or think of that represents you, he says always say like a dominant animal like a tiger or or a, or a wolf or something like that because it shows like you are alpha like you're strong you're you're aggr- aggr- fierce I guess and so I never thought about it like that like there's so many things you can do psychologically that will pique the interviewer or like connect with them subconsciously or whatever so I don't know how if I agree with all of them. I'd rather like be myself than, you know, focus more on the psychological aspect of it. But you're right about like having the confidence, looking up, maintaining eye contact, having a very firm handshake is also very important. I don't know if handshakes will be relevant because of COVID posts, everything going on. So, but handshakes are like a firm one is very important. Um, But yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Liana, what do you have to say about that? I completely agree with Leo about dressing the part um I firmly believe in the whole um like do good look good like look good type of thing um I personally like dressing up every day it makes me feel good about myself and it makes me feel confident because you're doing that for you and even if it's the slightest thing of like choosing a certain color that makes you feel good about yourself and more confident I think that's something like it's the smallest thing that can help but that's really important to help yourself feel more comfortable in an interview um But yeah, like overall, some things I guess I've picked up while interviewing. Um, Something for me would probably be to understand that interviews are always going to be tough. Um, I've definitely been rejected many times. And I was actually telling um, Leo and Izzy this before the podcast. But honestly, I cried a little bit after like the end of my first interview I've ever had. And it was really scary. I was like holding it back. It was just one small tear, but it still happened. Um, it's a terrifying cycle, like interviewing as a whole, but man, it can be so rewarding. Regardless if the interview went well or not, it's important to embrace that each of these moments are learning experiences. And even when you walk away confident with the answers you gave, you honestly, you honestly can't be 100% sure that you got the job. Um, I have adopted the mindset to never expect anything in return um, because honestly failure of expectations tend to hurt a billion times more <laughs> and those moments of victories big or small they always taste a little bit sweeter when they're surprising. I, I have a question for you Izzy um, just real quick because uh, I know you have interviewed like virtually how is how is that compared to in-person interviewing? Uh, so I personally prefer in-person interviews just because I have anxiety 
So when I do um, online interviews, I have a very overwhelming feeling. Uh, I get nervous very quickly and I won't stop sweating or fidgeting. Um, I felt like when I did my interview last week, uh, I kept overthinking about what would go wrong and I wouldn't have, I'd be like left on the spot and it'd be super awkward. Uh, with in-person interviews, I feel like there's a rush and I can like, I don't know, I feel like personally I can like maneuver the conversation well, but online I've always had anxieties and like even with Zoom calls, I still get nervous when I join a meeting with like a fraternity or a chapter meeting. Um, so I prefer in person more. Um, but with online, you can also have notes on the sides. So you can always reflect and refer to them without them seeing. But that's my own personal opinion. Yeah, and I definitely agree. Um, for me, in-person interviews are way, way better than virtual interviews. But it is definitely, it just takes practice to get used to everything. Because I know I really struggled with virtual interviews at first just because it's so weird talking to a camera, not to mention seeing yourself in that camera just kind of throws you off sometimes. You know, you realize weird things that your face is doing. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's not fun. But yeah, I, I, I think I've, I've gotten really comfortable with virtual interviews and it just, it's really about just kind of practicing, really putting yourself out there, really taking every interview seriously and just, you know, really realizing that you'll make mistakes in the end, but after that, you'll, you'll grow. And that's all that really matters. Now, do you prefer higher views over uh, online interviews, Leo, or basically the same thing for you? God, I hate higher views. <laughs> higher views are literally the worst. I hate them uh, too. <laughs> yeah, just god awful. But again, it's, and Izzy knows this too. I, I complain about higher views all the time to him. It's, it's always, it's so awkward. It's so weird. But it's really just practice. The more you practice, the more you get used to it and the less weird it gets. And yeah. You know, I'll be real. I actually love higher views. I don't know what it is about it, but like in the moment you're like under pressure, you have like a minute left to explain yourself. I just, I love them. I think they're a lot of fun, but I hate looking at myself. I, I just can't do it. I get thrown off very easily. Thank you, Liana and Leah for stopping by and joining Sarah and I today. And thank you to our listeners for streaming another episode of Frat Chat. We hope to see you on the next one. Yeah.